This episode of Cocktail Conversations with Shannon has a little bit of adult conversation. So if you have any cute little ones around or if you're just a little uptight, you may not want to listen. Hello, my loves, and welcome to another episode of Cocktail Conversations with Shannon. We're not diving into any mess today because I want you to get the full length of this conversation. I'm so excited to share this chat with you. My guest today is Goody Howard, sexologist queen of knowing what you need to do in them sheets. She also has an awesome website and a store where you can get some items for your own private adult time. And as a benefit to our listeners, you can get a discount, I think it's like 10% off, with the coupon code COCKTAIL. So she's going to say it again in the episode, but I want to remind you that you can go to askgoody.com and use the discount code COCKTAIL for 10% off all of your nibbly naughty needs. All right, buckle up, my loves, and turn this off if you've got kids around. All right, everybody, welcome back. I am so excited about this guest. I actually heard you the first time on the um, the Good Girl podcast, and my mouth was like open, and I was like, yes, in my car. Hallelujah. Amen. So I'm super excited to have Goody Howard here. What are you, what are you, are you, what's your official title? Sexologist, sex expert, sex expert. <laughs> sexologist educator and consultant sexpert is really like a marketing term that we use for people that are not in our industry that because it resonates with them but you can't be an expert about sex because sex is so vast right yeah. it's like being a life coach you can't coach life it's too vast you can be organization coach you can be a time management coach you can be a meal prep coach you can be but you can't like you can't coach life in real life but life coaches use the term life coach because it resonates with people that are not coaching, right? Gotcha. So sexpert is a marketing term that we use for people that are not in our fields so that they kind of can find us. So explain to people what exactly does a sexologist do? I think those of us on the outside have a mixture of therapy and sex surrogates. We got all the stuff mixed up. What does a sexologist do? All the things. Yes. Um, so a sexologist is not a sex therapist. So you have a sexologist, a sex educator, and sex therapist. Um, I am not a sex therapist, although I can, I, my training mirrors that of therapy. I'm great at direct practice, but I'm an empath. So I cannot operate in direct practice spaces because I'm, I will take all of that and bring it home. And I have to be an active partner and an active parent. And I can't do all of those things. So I operate within my, my limitations. So I'm not a sex therapist. Okay. A sexologist is someone that approaches sex from a scientific perspective. So we are um, and sexuality, not just sex. Like when people hear sex, they think, you know, P and V fucking and all Immediately. that. Immediately. I, hmm? I can cuss. Yes. It's called cocktail conversations, okay. not Bible study. Okay. Right I just want to make sure. Cause I, I cuss a lot. Uh, <laughs> um, but so, so what a sexologist does is approaches sexuality from us, from a scientific space. So we run, we do research, we conduct experiments and we inform the curricula and uh, sex ed lessons and all of the things that that people it trickles down to the common population. Um, most of us tend to also be educators because we want to make our research relevant, mm-hmm. um, and so we then then tend to teach along the lines of the search of the research that we've done or the, our field of expertise. Um, and sex educators can be sexologists and sex therapists and and sex educators. A sex educator can do all of those, and we educators tend to create 
workshops and um, or we, we present workshops or we do, you know, make stuff fun on Instagram for everybody. And so we try to get as many. We have to be as accessible as the bad information. Mm. The bad information. So usually okay. if you have a sexologist, we'll usually be an educator in some regard as well. Okay. Uh, I'm more, much more educator than ologist, but um, I'm definitely that as well. So I really just try to be as accessible as all the negative or incorrect medically inaccurate information that's out there because people get access to porn at the click of a finger. Mm-hmm. So we need to be as accessible as that. I think as soon as you said you're trying to override the bad, I was thinking, oh, I've been getting the bad stuff since I was a child. I mean, mm-hmm. everything down to your hips are wide. You must be having sex. You know, all these things that you're like, that starts when right. you're so little. The good stuff, you you're, you really grown before you start to undo some of that stuff. So you are. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have a, a cognitive dissonance where you are resistant to this new information because you've been having the wrong information for so long. I cannot tell you how many grown-ups I encounter that still believe that squirt is pee. Or, or, or <laughs> you know, or they want to say, oh, if he want to have anal sex with me, he must be gay. Like, so many things that I get from adults because they're so married to their incorrect information. And I'm just wow. like, okay, girl. <laughs> Ooh, unlearning, unlearning. So what led you, because this is not what, when we, a kids and career day happens, nobody comes and teaches us how to be a sexologist. <laughs> so I would love to go to career day. <laughs> I would love, listen, somebody called me for career day. Back when I used to do spoken word, I went and did career day as a poet. Of course. American teaching. But they wouldn't let me in there as no sexologist for these kids. Uh, (laughs) Well, um, I I mean, I've always been the freaky friend. I grew up in a sex positive body negative household. Um, What does that mean? So my mother's a nurse and we learned about sex in the very medical sense of the word. We learned about the actions Mm. and all of that. We did not learn about the social impacts of sexual activity. We did not Mm. learn about... um, pleasure we just learned about the mechanics and i say body negative because i've always been in a bigger body as well and so that was always an issue my size my weight what i'm eating that has always been an issue too so um and being the freaky friend so that in turn made me the freaky friend and i love to learn so if people ask me a question and i didn't know i would go look it up um and then i started doing toy parties um i didn't really want to but this lady she, I went to her toy party and she was like, the questions you're asking and also the stuff. She invested in me and helped me get a kit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like if this black woman believes in me in this way, I can at least try it. And um, so that's how that happened. And then I realized they were just trying to move product. And then I, I, so I started, you have to differentiate yourself in the air between everybody else in the area doing what you do. Mm-hmm. So then I was like doing little position workshop, position tips and tricks and oral sex tips and tricks. And people were like, Oh, I paid for this without the toys. And so that's when I started creating workshops and stuff. And then I was getting booked for more workshops than toy parties. So I started to host, like look into my own wholesalers and stuff like that. So that's how all of it kind of began. Um, then I was introduced to this Facebook group called the women of color sexual health network. It's pronounced Waxion. Okay. And girl, I logged into this group and there were all these beautiful, amazing black and brown women mm. doing this shit full time, paying their bills. I was like, I can do this full time. Wow. So I actually um, I came I come from an accounting background. So I was doing accounting 
And I decided I wanted to go back to school to pursue sex, being a sexologist. And they would not work with my schedule Mm. for school. And my partner said, fuck that job. I love that. At this partner. point, I had just well, had I love my daughter. Your partner already. Listen, he is amazing. And Hen- and my daughter Hendrix is five. She'll be six in August. I had just had Hendrix. I was so stressed out at work. My milk was drying up. Like I was crying in the shower. It was tragic. Mm. He was like, fuck that job. You had it there anyway. Mm. And so he held it down while I went to school. You know, I would get booked to do a toy party or something in between, like just when we needed money kind of shit. Right. right? It was it was it worked out. You know, the universe was 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 aligning us. And, um, and I, I've been just growing ever since and just, you know, finding new ways to engage the public around pot, sex, positive information. I love that you were in alignment, which has been like yes. a weird theme in my life and in the show for the last like month or so. It's oh. been about people shifting careers and I've been shifting careers and all that stuff and just being like, listen, yeah, it might be tough a little bit, but when you're in that flow, it all sort of lines up. So it's so interesting that even though we talk about freaky sneaky today. You still mm-hmm. managed to give us a story that's been sort of consistent. That alignment, I every I don't do resolutions every year, but I do uh, a word that's going to be my theme that I'm going to focus on. Mm-hmm. In the last four years, it's been alignment. I've only been doing this full. I've been doing this 15 years. I've only been doing it full time, December 2016. Okay, that's my job. Um, and my 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 word for the year has been alignment. Every year, this year, it's consistency. Yeah. Um, my it has been alignment every year and it is it's so real like it is so real what and when you are doing when you are operating in your spirit given talents mm. and your zone of genius listen it will make a way like there were days when i couldn't even go to class because i couldn't i didn't have the gas money to get to class and get my kids back and forth to school but my teachers i would reach out and let my teachers know and they were like listen just you know, have a classmate call you on FaceTime or have a, you know what I'm saying? Like they were mad flexible because of my transparency and my alignment. And listeners, that means when you contact her for whatever workshops and things you want to do, she got the degree. She got the, she got the skills. She knows. Degrees. Oh, come on. Yes. I have a master's of social work that I got in 2019 and I have a master's of public health that I got in 2020. I was actually the first, the first and only graduate with a master's of public health from the university of Texas at Arlington. Um, and in May of 2020, now they've had a few graduates since me, but I was the first one. I graduated by myself. You smart, smart. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And, um, so, and I'm currently getting a PhD in health education and promotion. I love it. So listeners, this is real work. This is science. This is really learning about your body, your health, and what you need to do in order to... And your pleasure. My thing is I'm very much focused on... Because we don't get... People think they know what to do, but they don't associate pleasure with it. Like wearing Mm -hmm. condoms and stuff. People don't associate condoms and pleasure. That's why people don't wear them. I'm starting to realize, especially since I got married, you know... When you get married, all of a sudden your your sex life goes from something fun you kind of sneak around and do to the whole church, your mothers, your mother-in-law, everybody want to participate in like, make us a baby. In your business. Yeah. It's like, it's for the Lord now. And so <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, make the joy for noise. Yes. So it's this weird way, like when you go to like women's ministries, you get that talk about like just doing it to maintain your relationship less about actually like enjoying it 
Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, so pleasure is very often stripped away from the conversation right. for women, for, certainly for straight women. Yeah. Well, specifically for straight women, because we are socialized to approach our sexuality and, and not even pleasure. Pleasure is not a part of the conversation. We are approached, we are socialized to approach our sexuality as something that is to be maintained and nurtured for the pleasure of our partners. You give it. Even the way we talk about virginity, yeah. you give it to someone. And, and virginity have... is a social construct. It don't even really like mm-hmm. matter. It's not real, but whatever. So <laughs> right. but I'm saying we are taught and socialized that it's something that we are supposed to maintain for our partners. It has nothing to do with our joy, our pleasure, or any of that. It's reproduction. It's having babies. It's or not, you know what I'm saying? But it's it's so unfortunate. Specifically, I think in black and brown communities, because of the machismo and the masculinity um, that has kind of risen to the top as a result of colonization, because when they leave the house, they're not at the top of the totem pole. So when they get home, they get they to be at the top. Be the, yeah, and so that oppression then leads to other forms of oppression, which, you know, pleasure oppression is real. Mm. And um, this is how it manifests. This is how it shows up. And then we just perpetuate it to our daughters, even though we know better. We don't have the language. We don't have the tools. We don't have the understanding mm-hmm. to kind of shift those conversations for our children because really parenting is how you show up and how you change the world because you're planting seeds for trees. You're never going to sit under. Mm. That's it. Like my son, I have, I have four children. I have access to four children. Two are biologically mine. Two are my bonus babies. Mm-hmm. And I really do all that I can to give them healthy understandings of relationships, healthy understandings of sex healthy understandings of pleasure and safer sex practices and just healthy relationships, be them platonic, familial, friendship, or romantic. I'm really, really trying to do the work to give them the tools and resources that I didn't have. Yeah. And what's interesting is a lot of us, you know, I talked to my peers and we all grew up together and we all complain about what our mothers and fathers didn't teach us. But as we are interacting with the next generation, we're doing the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> like we have yep. no clue what to say or what to do or when to do it or when to say it, mm-hmm. and and, the and it's not a one-time thing too. We also feel like the the talk mm-hmm. is that one hit a quitter, right? Absolutely not. Sex education is light throughout throughout the lifespan. My five year old knows what her vulva is. She knows what private parts are. She knows what consent is. Mm. She knows what boundaries are. Like all of that, and it's age appropriate at every group, right? And right. so that pre-K, when they start potty training and things like that, they're curious about their genitals because now they have to learn how to put them in a potty and things. Right. And so build on that. So it's autonomy. These are your body parts. These are their names. No one should be touching them but you. There's, you know, safe touch, unsafe touch. And then you build on it every year. Respect, boundaries, healthy relationships, interpersonal communication skills. Like you don't get to the sex shit until maybe fifth or sixth grade. And right. even then it's still very mechanical in that. And it doesn't include pleasure at all. Um, but it adds just like math. You start off one plus one, then you go to one times one, then you go to one divided mm-hmm. by one. Then you go to like, you know, then you go to exponents of one, right? So it's age appropriate through the lifespan. Cause I teach sex ed to 80 year olds. Yeah. You know, they don't stop. have, they don't think, they think, you know, they're living longer and partners are dying and, so now you're single again, and now you're out here in these streets, and you need a condom. But you think because you can't get pregnant or you can't have a baby that you don't need a condom. You know, I live in Florida, 
most of my listeners are Floridians and there's an area here. We have lots of retirees. There's an area called, mm-hmm. and there is a whole documentary about this one area, the villages where people go and it is rampant with STDs mm-hmm. because the elders didn't get the, let's talk about sex that we got at least the song with the condoms and TLC. They don't, they don't get it at all. Right. They're single now, but they're navigating like they were literally teens in the 1950s. Correct. When the worst thing you could get was the clap or pregnant. And since the clap can be cured and pregnant pregnant is not on your list, you know, but it's up. The uh, HIV rates in in the 50 and up population is up 300%. Jesus. Specifically in Florida. Um, Hi, there, are, there are there <laughs> are there are condom commercials for um uh, senior citizens in Florida. So if you're listening, listeners, and you got that one hot granny, that uh the real hot Detroit, hey, all y'all got fast uncles. We don't seen them at the function. Make sure they know because mm-hmm. they stay tipping. Make sure around. they know. Make sure they're using condoms. Make sure that you know it's it's a it's a big deal and i think that because it is something that we don't have a conversation about a part of my work is normalizing that conversation mm-hmm. it my my dad you know uh passed away in december but i would always give him condoms and sex toys and you know my mother too they're divorced so i would give them listen you out here in these streets christmas birthdays i always put condoms in the card i would always, like i'm not you know, this is this is not a game. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so I think that it's important for us to think about our youth, but also think about our our you know our our older people because they're getting left out of the conversation as well. And we're all going to be living older if we have if we are blessed enough to become senior citizens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? If we get that, if we get the privilege of growing old, mm-hmm. we still gonna be fucking. <laughs> we be feeling like oh nana not fucking you know no there's no age limit on that i really want to be an old fast lady like i want to be like a like a eartha kit till the day i die so i'm already that's time i want to die i, I want to die on top of somebody <laughs> she died doing what she loved Do, yes put that on your headstone friend <laughs> I want to dive into some specific questions and I was able to solicit these questions from some of our listeners and some of my friends. Um, So if they, if they corny, it came from y'all. Sorry. Here we go. (laughs) Uh, So one of the really great questions, and I I want to start with us kind of establishing some baselines and things like that before we dive into the real freak sneak. Right. Um, And that is, what are your thoughts on sexual and gender evolution in the black community? Do you have any observations or concerns? Like, what are your thoughts? Well, when you say gender evolution, I immediately hear like the the more you see uh, trans folks becoming more visible and mm-hmm. gay folks and lesbian folks becoming more visible in the black community. Mm-hmm. And um, I get this pushback a lot from black folks that, you know, that's white people shit. And we, you know, they trying to separate us so we don't reproduce. And they trying to kill off the black race and blah, 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 they blah. They're trying right? to make so, the black man weak. That's always you're trying to kill the black family. Right. And so how about all them kids you got, all them baby mamas right. you got who you don't co-parent with? That's killing the black family. You don't. <laughs> let's, let's, let's focus. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because you can have a child with somebody and not be with that person and actively co-parent those mm-hmm. children. So that is still a black family. Yeah. So if you have kids that you are not co-parenting with that person, if ladies, you too. Don't worry about the game. I don't care if you don't like his new bitch. 
<laughs> that ain't got nothing to do with you. If she ain't hurting your kids, them kids need to go see their daddy. Right. Okay? If you are not actively co-parenting with who you had kids with, you are what's breaking down the black family. Come on and say it. First and, and foremost. To be if you're not reproducing with black people, when you do choose to reproduce, if you're not reproducing with black people, <coughs> I'm sorry, excuse me. <laughs> Let's wrangle that back. Okay, so when I think of that, when people say, oh, you know, it's white people stuff, actually, okay, I'm going to be that person. We're going to put on our scholar hat here. Oh, okay, I'm going uh, to dig out, dig out on the, the continent. Okay. When I say the continent, I mean the continent of Africa. It is not a country, it is a continent. Mm-hmm. On the continent, before colonization, there were more than one gender. There was more, it wasn't people having, oh, that's, you know, a man and a woman or that's gay sex or whatever. If two men were attracted to each other and they wanted to have sex together, that's what the fuck they did. If two women were attracted to each other and they wanted to have sex, that's what the fuck they did. Women were held as kings, mm. which means gender wasn't really a part of that. It was a Warriors and soldiers didn't wear pants. They didn't wear pants. They wore them little, the little warrior skirts and things. So we decided that pants were for boys and skirts were for girls. You know, we didn't we didn't decide that the colonizers did. Mm-hmm. So when the colonizers got to the continent, they see these people just living their lives, being fruitful, have building civilizations in the ways that they know how. And they said, well, we can't take over if we can't understand. So here, listen, savages, here mm-hmm. are some boxes. Either you're a boy or you're a girl, either you're gay or you're straight, either you're a savage or you're a Christian. Get into the boxes. And now we got a boat to show you. Mm. OK. And so what happened was. It was beaten out of our civilization. It was beaten out of our evolution. It was violently and physically removed from who we are Mm -hmm. as a unit, as an ancestry, as a diaspora, right? And now what's happening is we're starting to reconnect back to that divine space Mm. and overlook all that white training and white fragility and white supremacy and Mm -hmm. colonization and connect back to our original indigenous roots. To that end... Trans people have been here since the beginning of time. Yep. Same loving people have been here since the beginning of time. There are civilizations and cultures that hold people that are trans as holy Mm -hmm. because they have the purview of the masculine and feminine perspective. I feel like it was therefore they is it Native American? They hold both closer. Yeah, like the dual the dual spirit is what some cultures correct the two spirit. That's exactly what trans folk are. Mm -hmm. Okay. Also, to be clear. When we're talking about trans people and non-binary people and all of these things and, and, and being held as holy, um, we also have to look at who who we're asking. In whose book is that? And, what, and the thing about sex positivity is it's not a one-stop shop. Once you become sex positive or decide to start investigating and become a more sex positive person, it forces you to question everything. Yeah. Everything, everything down to what the fuck you eat, what is traditional for you to eat, what's the traditional way you groom yourself, Mm -hmm. what do you deem as attractive? All of those things are rooted in colonization. All of those things are rooted in white supremacy, especially for black people in this in this country. Yeah. And so when we have these double standards around, oh, she can be bi and I can be with her, but the you know in a hetero couple, if 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 the man is bi or has had a bi experience. A same sex experience and like, oh no, he gay, or, or if he wanna have anal sex and he wanna try anal sex, oh he must be gay and he wanna have anal sex or he wants you to put his finger, your finger in his butt when you suck in his dick, he must be gay. Like, first of all, there are so much worse things to be in the world than gay. Come on. First and foremost. 
Let's be clear. Secondly, if someone wants to have a finger in their butt, that doesn't make them gay. We have to understand that there's a difference between physical sensation Mm. and orientation. Orientation is if I'm a grown woman and I see a grown woman walking down the street, I go, damn, she could get it. That's what I'm attracted to visually. That's what I see. Right. Versus if I'm a man and I and I, I'm, I see another grown man walking down the street and go, damn, okay, I see you. That's orientation. That's attraction. That's gay. If, I, if I'm a man having sex with a woman and I want to try anal sex with her, or if I want her to peg me, if I want her to put a strap on and put a, and put a peg in my butt, that is a physical sensation. And as long as I want a woman to do it, I'm not gay. Now, if right. I decide I want a man to put his dick in my butt, that is a gay behavior. But again, there are worse things on the planet to be than gay. Right. You could be a child molester. You could be a murderer. You could be a rapist. You could be a thief. You could be a liar. Those are horrible things to be. You could be a lot, a lot worse things to be right. than gay. And I think that when we're in a relationship, if, you, if you're a woman in a relationship with a man that's had a same-sex experience and he tried it and he didn't like it, at least you know he tried it and he didn't like it. So you won't be having that curiosity looming over your relationship. Right. If he tried it and he did like it, that's a separate conversation. But just like bisexual women or multisexual or pansexual women can be in monogamous relationships with men, mm-hmm. so can pan, bi, or multisexual men be in monogamous heterosexual relationships with women. And I think that because men are are lauded as not having um physical, they're not having restraint. You know, they're just men. Yeah. They don't have no control. We we kind of give them a pass on their bullshit because we don't hold them that way. But that has nothing to do with who they're attracted to. If they choose you, they choose you, regardless of who else they fucking with. And there's nothing else you can do outside of enjoying that relationship and being present in that relationship. You can't look over your shoulder every 20 minutes because then you mm-hmm. can't enjoy the relationship. And if that's the if that's what you feel like a relationship is supposed to be, then you are in the wrong place and you need to get some counseling and be by yourself. Well, you heard it, y'all. Because a lot of people are insecure about everything their partner does. Why is he looking over here? Why does he watch that? Why does it? And it's like that's that's that sounds miserable to feel that way. First of all, what are you doing with your time that you ain't got nothing to do but sit and watch what this man is doing? Nothing. They're doing nothing. They're doing nothing. You need a hobby, sis. You need. Read a book, take a class, <laughs> uh, go for a walk, get you some friends. Yeah. Um, because that is toxic and it's it's inappropriate and it's unhealthy. And I'll say this too. I'll go as far as to say the minute you want to touch his phone, y'all should break up. Ooh. Ooh, a lot of y'all go, look, that just. Be mad. I don't care. I said it. The minute you want to touch his phone, y'all need to break up because you don't trust him. And a healthy relationship is, is, a, is balanced on a tripod of love, trust, and respect. And if you don't have one of those three things, that tripod is going to fall over. So if you're violating his trust, you're violating his privacy by going through his phone. You don't trust him because you feel like you need to go through his phone. That's it. You can love a motherfucker and not like him. You can love him and not trust him. You can love him and not respect him. Mm. You're right. You are absolutely right. So you may not like it, but you're not going to have healthy relationships going through phones. You're not going to have healthy relationships accusing your partner of cheating all the time. The minute you decide they're cheating, ain't nothing they can do to prove to, to prove to you that they're not. You, they could be in your pocket 24 hours a day. And you say, well, he just on his best behavior because I'm in his pocket. If you do <laughs> go through his phone and you're looking for something and you don't find nothing, you're not going to trust it because you're going to say, oh, he's slick. He cleaned his phone up. Yeah. If you do find something, you ain't looking for it. If you're looking for something, you always find it, though. 
And if you look at something, you are going, you're not going to believe it if you don't find there's nothing they can do to prove mm. that they're not cheating. If you've made up in your mind that they are, so just let it go and save y'all both the heartache and slash tires and, you know, and call it a day. Keep the legal fees low, sis. <laughs> so while we're talking about healthy relationships, let's establish a baseline <laughs> because someone asked me, okay. what is a healthy sexual relationship? I think any healthy, a healthy sexual relationship is something that is satisfying and pleasurable for everyone involved. And that doesn't necessarily look one way. If I'm, if I have a kink, if I want to wear a collar, if I want you to spank me, if I want you to choke me and you down to do that shit, then we have a healthy sexual relationship. If we only have sex once a month and we're good with it, we have a healthy sexual relationship. Right. There is something called a loveless marriage and they, the loveless marriage is defined as having sex less than three three times or less in a year. That's what's considered a sexless marriage, uh, a sexless relationship. I know people that are in love, that are partnered happily, that may not have sex every goddamn day. Right. But they are happy with each other. When they do have sex, they enjoy it and they're satisfied with what they're doing. So just because it doesn't like the rabbits next door mm. that are fucking all day, every day, doesn't mean that their sexual relationship is not healthy mm. because it's healthy for them. Now, if it's something going on where the partners are not having even sex, no, like where they're not feeling, one partner's not feeling fulfilled or someone is feeling violated in some way, that's when it's not a healthy sexual relationship. Okay. But as long as all the people involved are satisfied and receiving pleasure, it's a healthy set. And as I say, all people, because all relationships are not just two people. Some relationships have more than two people in there. The poly and, and all of that, all of that. And, and it's absolutely possible. It may not be for you, but I think it's interesting too, that a lot of people front like they're monogamous, but they cheating the whole time. You realize you're polyamorous if you're cheating. Oh yeah. 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 People are, um, you know what I'm saying? People you, like you're polyamorous see. if you're cheating. Don't, don't, especially if you got a side bitch or a side dude that you don't have for years. Y'all in all shit. Y'all go, I'm saying you are polyamorous as hell if you got a wife and a side chick that you hit celebrate anniversaries with. Ooh, you right, you right. Because I had a lot of clients hit my inbox when the when the state uh, shelter in place first started because they couldn't get to their side chicks and they was losing their minds. They're just like, I can't having my side chick helps me balance my relationship at home, and if I don't have access to that other outlet, it's harder to deal with my relationship at home. But rather than be honest and give that other partner an option as to whether or not they want to stay and be a part of this poly relationship. Correct. But the, and usually it's do. the wife is the, it, the wife is happy because she has no clue. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't you know, she doesn't know that the side chick is what's keeping that shit together for her, that she's a handful and he needs another outlet. Uh, and I'm not I'm not. Into that at all. But what I'm saying is that we have to make space for multiple things to be true at the same time. If my husband, if my partner has a side bitch and I'm happy and ain't nothing missing out of my household and I don't feel like it's no holes and, th- and I, I don't have no reason to feel no kind of way and he got another bitch, he deserved that bitch because I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy. I don't, I don't, if I don't know about her, I'm happy in my relationship. I don't feel like there's nothing missing. I'm fulfilled in our dynamic and he got somebody else that I don't know about. How can I be mad? But if you know about it, would you be mad? If I know about it, I would be upset, but I would only be upset because he didn't come to me and tell me about it. Because I can separate love and sex. Yeah, but, okay. I have, I'm not that You know evolved. what I'm saying? I'm not this evolved. I'm not. And, 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 but you know what? There are a lot of things that I'm not willing to do as well. So, like, if he, 
if, if you know, I don't want that bitch to think she next. She don't need to know my business. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like I have things, but sex and love are different, and they don't they can they cannot exist in the same place at the same time. But I wouldn't have a threesome with someone I planned on keeping. Interesting. Because I'm not that evolved. If you make a sound for her that you didn't make for me, I'm gonna be in my feelings. And with people with multiple partners, jealousy shows up for all of us. But the way we process mm. jealousy is what separates us from the animals. You see what I'm saying? So I have, I, when I, back in the day, before I got married, I would be the unicorn. So I would come in and fuck a couple and I could leave and y'all work that shit out on y'all, on y'all time. Right. I am not going to be a couple and invite in a unicorn. That's not my ministry. Okay. And that's that. Yeah. That's that goes into knowing yourself and knowing what you're doing. Knowing yourself and operating within your own limits. Mm-hmm. I, I I mean I know what those are. If you make a sound for that bitch that you ain't made for me, I'm not gonna be able to focus the rest of the time. Yeah, and I think we all heard the stories <laughs> of he wanted a threesome and I did it, and now they you know whatever horror scenario could come from it in the yeah. Background. Usually the wife the woman leaves. Yeah, the woman leaves for the person with the threesome. She late for the unicorn. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I've had instances where they both reached out to me separately, trying to, you know, schedule time. And I'm like, are, is everybody playing? Or are you just like, because I'm transparent. Like, you're not going to reach out to me and you ain't told your partner. Right. If everybody's not playing, do they know that it's just supposed to be me and you? Or what? like, what's happening? Right. So you need to be mindful of, if you decide you want to have a threesome, sometimes fantasies should just remain fantasies. Okay. Uh, and you need to navigate and negotiate your boundaries and things before y'all even get there. Who gonna find the unicorn? Is the unicorn male or female or both or neither? Um, are we mouth kissing? Is there oral sex? Are yeah. there condoms? Are where are we doing it? Who's you know all, who's picking the person? All of these things need to be discussed before you have the threesome. All right, that's good, and that's <laughs> encouraging. You you need to communicate if you're gonna do something like this. You got to talk. Correct. You scared to talk about it. I, I always say, don't do it if you're scared. And to communication say it. is the least sexy part. Like with po- polyamorous people, people think it's just a bunch of fucking. No, it's a bunch of fucking talking, which is why I don't want to do it. Like, <laughs> I got to worry about all these people's feelings. No, thank no, you. That, that sounds <laughs> miserable. Um, go ahead and get to the next question. Um, and somebody said, if you've been introduced to sex and sexuality, in a more traumatic way, like if your first experience, you know, and trigger warning, we're going to talk about rape here, um, rape yeah. molestation and things like that. How much of their, maybe their current sex or proclivities or whatever, they want to make sure that they're not being influenced by those negative experiences when they're having a, a new relationship. Like how can you make sure that you're not introduced to something too freaky and that's a coloring the way you're doing your sex life now? Well, first, the concept of freaky is subjective. Well, not like some people may think fun. something is me, freaky, not and freaky some people fun. feel like, yeah. like that's regular. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, oh, you eating ass? Oh, that's regular over here. Or though that's not regular, we don't do that. Like, so freak. The concept right. of freaky is subjective. But I think when people have been introduced to sexuality in in ways that are violating, mm-hmm. um, they fear that their sex is colored or their, what they enjoy and their pleasures are colored yeah. by those experiences. Typically, especially in church spaces, um, when young men are violated and they end up, you know, understanding themselves to be gay, they think, Oh, he, he's gay. Cause he got touched when he was little or he's gay. Or they think, well, you know, I didn't, I enjoyed it. I just didn't enjoy the person or I didn't enjoy, you know, I was violated, but I did enjoy the whatever. So I must be gay or what have you. That's not how that works. 
Um, but I do think that counseling is integral in anyone that's experienced violation, especially a sexual violation, um, because there are so many different things that have to be put back together because you have a violation of a person that you trusted, typically a violation of your own body. You're struggling with yourself because you're blaming yourself. You feel like you like it's so many. It's just so layered and so volatile and so tumultuous that I think there are professional counselors that are specifically trained in sexual trauma and, um, you, you absolutely need to do that. You don't know if your uh, sexual things that you enjoy are directly connected to your trauma or your violating experiences, or if you ain't never had a daddy and now you like older men yeah. or, you know, all of this can be traced back. But I think that counseling is imperative and important and being transparent with your counselor. If you don't, if you don't talk to nobody else about it, give your therapist everything you've got, leave it all on the floor because then they can give you the tools and framework. Sometimes that's just what you like. It has nothing to do with your trauma experience. Mm. <clears throat> Sometimes it's a direct correlation to your trauma experience. It just depends. Gotcha. So that's something you won't really <clears throat> You can't say yes or no, this <clears throat> happened when I was this age and now I like that. It could just be that it's fun to do versus I was traumatized. Correct. Correct. And sometimes the traumas are connected. Sometimes the trauma is connected to the way your, the way your pleasure shows up for you. And sometimes it's not. I have, I have clients that have experienced sexual trauma and don't like oral sex as a result. Um, mm-hmm. and that's okay. And they feel like something is wrong with them because they don't enjoy oral sex. And you know, when you hear it, Oh, you just ain't had it from the right person. or You just ain't had it right. Or whatever. It's okay for people not to be into every fucking thing. Even if we feel like that's vanilla and that's standard part of engaging with a sexual per- a person sexually as an adult, everyone doesn't like everything. And that's okay. Even if it's something that's as commonplace as oral sex, yeah. it's okay for everyone not to like everything. And we have to make space for that. And part of being sex positive is making space for other people to do their shit their way mm-hmm. without having your input. And that includes not doing stuff at all if they don't want to correct this business it's no prude shaming and no slut shaming like if this is what you want to do or don't want to do i support your right to decide that for yourself i love it let's talk about uh masturbation i was actually surprised okay. i got this question the most from women from all different relationship patterns um and they wanted to know like is there such a thing as too much masturbation and will it make it harder to climax with a partner if they do it too much as well as like the pornography factor. Okay. Well, yes and no. And no, the short answer is no. So there (laughs) is no such thing as too much masturbation, but there is a such thing as masturbating the wrong way. How can you masturbate the wrong way? So masturbating the wrong way is not using lubricants, especially with women. They go, oh, Miss Goody, I don't need that girl. I'm Miss Aquafina, Miss WAP 2021, baby. I got, like, you know, listen, congratulations. But listen, even if you have the wettest pussy on the planet, you still need to use lubricant when you're masturbating because that shit hit different with the ceiling fan on. Fair. And, and <laughs> lubricant, you know, because it does, right? We too old be trying to have sex under the covers. So this is with a partner or by yourself. Um, but also because lubricant creates a barrier between you and whoever or whatever you're fucking on. Okay. And it's not designed to absorb into the skin, whereas your body's natural moisture is designed to be absorbed back into the skin. So it gives you like a smoother ride and all of these things. And so when you are masturbating with something that vibrates, 
you definitely need lubricant because that vibration is created by a motor and that motor warms up just enough that will quickly evaporate your natural moisture and that vibration can desensitize your sensitive body parts if you're not losing using lubricant mm, got it oh because that's you need that smoother ride see if you vibrating and it's not no lube then that that piece of skin that the the vibration is connected to it's just vibrating just shaking that whole thing whereas when you put lubricant on it's vibrating and it's sliding back and forth across that you know what i'm saying instead of just grabbing a hold of it and shaking it and so that's how desensitization occurs also if you know if you have a wand or whatever and you know that the, that the third setting is what gets you there you still start at one and work your way up to three you do not start at three okay and that's so masturbating incorrectly is using the wrong things for lubricant, not using lubricant at all. Starting off with the settings too high. Uh, even people with penises masturbate, they use uh, everything they can find in the bathroom. You know, pink oil moisturizer is not lubricant. <laughs> you cannot be more, you cannot be beaten off with your wife's cocoa butter, shea, shea butter hair products. You need to get you some lubricant, not soap, not water, not nothing. You need lubricant. Now, if you're masturbating by yourself, and you're not using any toys or you're not using silicone toys. You may be using like a metal toy or a glass toy. Um, you can use like, you know, coconut oil or olive oil or something like that. What I will say is extra virgin olive oil is the best kind of lubricant if you're going to use something like that or fractionated coconut oil. Coconut oil is solid at room temperature, mm -hmm. but fractionated coconut oil is liquid at room temperature. You don't want to use anything that's solid at room temperature because it's not going to give you enough slide. Gotcha. Um, but, and also you cannot use oil-based lubricants with condoms or sex toys because it will eat them up. And you will have a baby. You will have a baby and an STI or something else. And you don't want that sex toy falling apart inside your body. Eee, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? To you the can men why they should be selective with what they're using down there. Okay, so with the, for the fellas, if you have a dick and you're masturbating, if you masturbate without the right kind of lubricant, you can damage the blood vessels in your penis. Mm. And your erection is blood flow to those blood vessels. So if you damage those blood vessels, your erection could become painful. It could change the quality of your erection, so it may not get as firm as it used to. Um, and you don't really know how long that's going to take to heal. Gotcha. So just don't do it. Just don't do it. You if you have, if you have children, if you have boys, listen, get them lubricant. Don't, don't just, you ain't got to talk to them about it. Just put the lubricant in their room every 30 days. Just give them some new lubricant and just, you ain't got to discuss it. They know what to do with it. <laughs> you know, I put, I, I showed my son, we talked about masturbating with a condom on. I think if you have a dick and you're, and you're single, you should be masturbating with a condom on because you'll get better at how to put it on correctly quicker, right? It's skill building. You will start to associate pleasure and condom use, which is the main reason why people don't wear condoms right. is because they think it feels different or you can't have them, you can't come or you can't. I know people that can't even maintain an erection with a condom on. Wow. Right? So you, you, you start to associate pleasure and condom use and it's a quicker cleanup. So you know where all your washcloths and socks are on laundry day. <laughs> it's practical it's practical as fuck three main practical reasons why you should masturbate with a condom on um and so 
and with your if you have you know teenage boys um i su suggest that you suggest that to them as well and just provide condoms for them to masturbate with because again i'm 41 i'm not trying to be a grandparent for at least another 10 years right. so be <laughs> used to that condom boy in other words you know what i'm saying <laughs> I got boys and girls, and I give them, everybody got kind of, let lead the house. My, my oldest daughter, she's 24, she'll be 25 in July, and she lead the house. I'm like, uh, you got some condoms? We just call it bowling. <laughs> with his dick. In my head, I hear with his dick. Like, no, ma'am. I said, it's a it's a date. That's dick at the end. No, ma'am. No. Mm -mm. You got laughing. condoms? You're the opposite of all the other moms who, who like, think my children are doing nothing. You. You going to Bible study? You What's happening after? <laughs> Listen, what's happening? What's happening at Bible study? Are we going to the bathroom at the same time? Ooh. Don't do me. Don't do me. <laughs> I remember when I went when, before I became a heathen, when I was in church and we were singing in the choir, we, they let okay. us decide. Pause. Before you became a heathen, huh? you're a heathen? Yeah. How do you I mean I believe in God, but I'm not on I'm not a Christian anymore. I just, so I, I know just, my and it's crazy because I know my Bible and everything. I'm just tickled at the terminology. Oh yeah, I'm a, everyone calls me a heathen, but I know my Bible better than most Christians. Most Christians have not even read the Bible for themselves, so right. there's that. But uh, I have, which is why I'm not a Christian. <laughs> but um, okay, okay. But back when I was singing for the choir, the youth choir, they let us schedule our uh, trip to our sister church in Atlanta. We just happened to schedule it during Freak Nick, which tells you how old I happened am. Happened to and. Uh, <laughs> just happened to and they when i tell you our chaperones were so pissed when they got down there they realized what weekend it was we was in the same hotel with little kim first of all Ooh, that's a good time they were the chaperones <laughs> were sleeping in the hallway they was like not today not tomorrow Ooh. not on our watch they were sleeping head to foot in the hallway yeah yeah and they should have been they should have been because the <laughs> church ones is the worst ones church ones is the worst ones and they should have been. They should have been. They knew we was out there trying to get it. Nope, not on our watch. You know, but I mean, like, it's, so it's, I think that we, when we talk about, you know, you remember when you were a teenager, most parents want their kids to wait until marriage, which is impractical, and you're not doing your child a service with that. But most of us didn't wait. Listen, I tried to I don't try them. I don't buy dresses without trying them on. I tried to wait as long as I could, and I turned 28. And I still had not oh, had a child. Bless your heart. Look, I'm older than that now, but I, I still had not had a child. And my grandma said, I think we did too good a job telling you to wait till marriage. I really want to, <laughs> I want my great grandbaby. And I was like, well. Right. They were pressuring you to get to give it up. Right. You know, I was like. That thing. That's that thing. I, I mean. But I mean, it's like, it's impractical. I've had uh, clients where I've had to talk to them. They were both virgins when they got married and they had to unpack the shame every time they had sex. They just mm. felt like they shouldn't have been. Or I had a client that one was a one was a virgin and one was not, and he was very patient and affectionate with her. And then once they got married and started having sex, he was only affectionate when it was time to have sex. And she resented that. Like, yeah. you're setting your children up for failure if you're telling them to wait until they get married to have sex because what if they have a great chemistry with that person, but the sex is not there? Or if they get married just so that they can have the sex. And then the you know what I'm saying? Not, they fuck, fuck who you are. I'm just, I want to see what this sex is talking about. But like, I don't even buy clothes without trying them on first. Mm -mm. Lots of people buying husbands and not trying them on. You know what I'm saying? I mean, even from Shein, I send that shit back if it don't fit. But, <laughs> but I know my size. <laughs> so I get my size. But that's also another thing about masturbation. Masturbation connects you to your pleasure. You learn what you like. You learn how to explore your own body and your pleasure, and it makes you a better lover because you can communicate that to your partner. 
Yeah. Your orgasm is your responsibility. So don't be acting like, oh, this he couldn't make me come. He ain't about nothing. No, 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 pumpkin. That was you. Your you orgasm is your nothing. responsibility. Yeah. I have clients, I have male clients that have sex with women that say they can tell the difference between uh, when they have sex with a woman that masturbates and a woman that doesn't because the woman that masturbates is more connected to the pleasure. She seems to be enjoying it more. She's engaged. The woman that doesn't masturbate typically tends to uh, think about, like we were talking about earlier, maintaining their sexuality for their partner. They think mm. about it as a giving it up perspective, so they're not enjoying it in the same way. It's not a they're mutual. They're not in, as in control. Yeah. Correct. Correct. And if you don't know your body and you don't know your pleasure, how can you expect someone else to? Good question. And that's the thing that I think a lot of people, particularly people who are not, honestly, not straight men, because everybody else seems to have a shame about what they like. Um, are almost discouraged from exploring who they are and what they like. So when they are in partnership, you got an extra hurdle to to overcome in some way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if mutual masturbation is a thing, where you and your partner are in the same space at the same time, y'all can both be in the bed or whatever, and you're masturbating, and he's masturbating, and y'all are watching each other, and you're, like, talking and engaging, and you know, or, you know, let's say, you know, send nudes and stuff like that. You can send nudes. You can send masturbation videos. That helps your partner figure out how you like to be touched. So instead you know what I'm of it saying? Being and I think something that you're doing sneakily away from your partner, it can also be. A yes. Part. And I think the sneak is where we get fucked up at because sex should not be sneaky. Masturbation should not be sneaky. Pleasure should not be sneaky. And if you feel like you're sneaking, you have a whole, there's a whole nother layer there that has to be pulled back. I think, the, you know what I'm saying? Because we feel like it's after eternal. dark. Yeah. I think. The yeah. 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 And I think it's kind of like a connotation, like it's expected. You, you know, you think sneaky, like I even, even it comes out to my website right now. Like I'm redesigning my website, but my colors are red, yellow, and turquoise. Very bright, very fun colors. Mm-hmm. And my website almost looks like Fisher Price does sex almost because it's so bright and so vibrant and so friendly. And I've had web designers that I've had to fire because they want to make my shit all smoky and after dark and candles yes. and satin. And I'm like, listen... My, I'm, I want people. My, I want people to normalize this. I want this to be bright in broad daylight. You know what I'm saying? Like this is daytime stuff. When you take my workshops, I typically teach them in the daytime. If you're taking my dick riding class or my blowjob class or my pussy eating class, you're taking that class in the daytime because this is a daytime appropriate class. You're grown. Say if you cannot embrace again. and explore, Say that part again. <laughs> you're grown. Mm. You're grown. It's a daytime class. You're grown. If you cannot engage in your sexuality and your pleasure. Any time of day, it's not something that's nighttime, after dark, sneaky sneak. It's then, then that is going to, it's going to permeate everything else you do. And there you have that part. You grown. That's the part I think a You're lot grown. of people are not. You know, it comes up fairly often on this podcast that like a lot of us are technically still children making grown up decisions because mm-hmm. our thought process kind of has gotten locked in at a certain age about certain things. Yeah. And yeah, and, and, and it's a maturity thing, too. Age does not dictate maturity. Experience does. Mm. Mindset does. Understanding does. And a lot of us were raised with, because I said so. Most of not us. Not because, not a, not an explanation, not a, not seeking to understand. And so it, it, it stunts you, not only in your ability to process as an adult, but then you're stunted back and you're left in that same age group where you're not able to take autonomy and control of your own body and your own pleasure and what you're doing. And you, you, you have these traditional mindsets and paradigms that you're beholden to that are killing you, that are smothering 
you. Mm. Tradition is peer pressure from dead people. Ooh. Yes, it is. And it didn't work for them. No. Don't have sex till you get married. It didn't work for them. <laughs> how are you holding how, how are you holding them accountable to a standard that you couldn't hold yourself accountable to? Now these kids out here are struggling, fat, battling their urges, and they're feeling like God won't love them if they fuck. Yeah. God made your clitoris. And that shame doesn't go away just because you get married. Like, you can't have so much shame around a particular activity and then sign your name on your paper and jump a broom, and then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're just ready to swing from chandeliers. Like, the only people who are doing that are the people that were having sex, a lot of it, before they were married, and now they're like, I'm finally able to do it, like, without guilt. Or if they're doing it, they don't believe it. If they do it, they don't believe it. Like, you're supposed to be, you know, head dress tail down, head held high, you know, prayer cloths across your knees, all this other good shit, right? And then when you get married, you're supposed to be this siren that can, air quotes, keep a man. Good day. How? How? You've been Good day. So, no one teaching you. Yeah. How are you going to all of a sudden switch that up? I've had women say that they thought it was a 50-50 chance that they were going to come from sex. I had another woman, uh, another woman chime in on the same comment and say, oh, I thought it was a 50-50 chance it was going to feel good. What? So 50% of the time that shit don't even feel good to you, sis? Mm. And, 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 and this is what we're doing? Because the pleasure gap is real. So the pleasure gap is uh, a gap, the gap between experiencing pleasure and orgasm. So gay men have the highest, have experienced the most satisfying sex lives. Then you have straight men. Then you have lesbians. Then you have bisexual women. Well, then you have heterosexual women. At we the are bottom. At the, well, not we, because I'm not, I'm not a heterosexual woman, but at the bottom. Bitches that sleep with men. That's how you know orientation is not a choice, because if you, <laughs> who would choose, who choose to keep having sex that's not satisfying? Who would choose that? No one. No so one. orientation is not a choice. You didn't choose, you didn't decide you were straight one day. You always knew. So... It, it can be other people cannot can know as well. It's just different than what you do. You know, I have I have a sex positive Christianity certification, which, like I said, I'm not a Christian. So I wanted that certification because I wanted to be able to have conversations with current believers mm-hmm. in ways that are respectful and honoring. Like I do honor and respect everyone's belief systems, even if right. it's different than mine. Um, but I really wanted that certification. It was very important to me. And we were talking about like trans people and people have say, you know, God, don't make mistakes. And they talk about trans folks and gay folks. Right. So in my mind, I'm like, how dare you limit God? Right. God created gay people and trans people as well because their testimonies look different. Right. So how dare you limit God to your own understanding? You didn't lean not to your own understanding. How dare you limit what God is capable of? Because your ass don't understand it. You feel me? Yeah. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. You know, it's it's just different. Their testimony looks different. And so we have to make space for that. And same, similarly with heterosexual people in the church spaces and faith-based spaces, we, we have this, this uh, idea of righteousness and this idea of piety and purity that exists from the untouched body. But only the untouched female body because men get to do what they want. I hate the word purity now. Like, it's oh my such God, a trigger it's for me. Like, it's such a trigger for me because it is such a weaponized word. It's um, weaponized as hell. Unless we're talking about diamonds or food. I don't care about purity. I mean, we talk about dog breeds. Perhaps, <laughs> but, but, but if we're talking about human beings, that is ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? And so, and then, and, then, and again, that double standard that we talked about earlier, because the men, the deacon will have a family on each side of the church. 
when them deacons die and a whole family show up that we didn't know Listen, about? I, my dad passed away in December, and I tell you, we was holding our breath. Motherfucking kids coming, me and my siblings Listen. were holding our breath. Listen. And that's the like, thing. please don't let nobody come Every time about an they older hand. black man passes, I'd be waiting on a, a side family. And that's not because I don't mm-hmm. love them, but because I just know anything is possible. Because that it's true as hell. Period. That's why. Yeah. Especially if they was deep in church. If they was deep in church, you guarantee it's another family somewhere. It's always a secret daughter that'll pop up. And I told my granddaddy, mm-hmm. don't you let nobody pop up on me when it's your time to go. Right. Right. Is that just tell just tell me now so I can at least reach out to them so they can participate or something. Uh-uh. They got to let a lot be more no than surprise. participate. I'm taking care of you. You got they got to come work. But that's a right. whole you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's not they need to come, come work. They can come wash their hands and get their hands sanitized right. so put their mask on and come I mean, on. But all, you know. the, all jokes aside, but yeah, purity is so weaponized to make women in particular Mm-hmm. behave it's a certain way it's, and it, then to be worthy of love to or control and oppress us to then to be worthy for whatever this married life is supposed to look like which i don't say i'm a wife or a mother i say i'm a partner or a parent because wives have to do every fucking thing mothers have to do every fucking thing men husbands don't have to do shit but go home and work go work and go home and get the big piece of chicken yeah. they don't parent they just discipline <laughs> and that's barely that's when the shit that's the last one should get escalated and you got to move it up to management you know what right. i'm saying like i i want an active person helping me co-parent my children i want someone that's active in the household and so i have a partner he's my husband we're legally married he's my husband but right. i call him my partner because he is very much a partner you know what i'm saying he's a parent he co-parents these kids just like i do right. and so that is what we deserve we shouldn't have to do all this work and then if you're working outside the home too listen the amount so, of no, women that, that do not let their own children stay with their husbands. Mm. Do you know how many times I've heard people like, I can't leave my, I can't leave the kids with my husband this week. Right. Or, Who gonna keep the kids? If we go on a girl's trip, who gonna keep the kids? That man that stay in your house can't keep his kids? Right. Yeah. But that's like a normal, that's a very normal thing to hear women say like, I can't, I, I can't leave him to just manage as an equal partner in our union. Now, he don't comb hair, so I do have to make sure the five-year-old has a protective style before I leave. But <laughs> I I do go. But, you know, so like, actually, but they're the safe, day, right? They're okay. You don't yeah, have to oh, be scared. And they'll be alive, and they'll have all ten fingers and right. all ten toes when I get back. Like, he, he um, for, for Mother's Day, he took me out. We went out all day Saturday. We went to brunch. We went to a comedy show. We got a hotel room. He spent the night Saturday night. Sunday, he left and came home with these kids, and I got to spend the the the, the hotel by myself Ooh. Sunday and spent the night Sunday night by myself. He took the kids to school on Monday and everything. I came home Monday like I just been gone. Oh, that's nice. Like, it was I so nice. It was the best Mother's like, Day ever. Yeah, that's nice. Oh, my God. It was the best Mother's Day ever. That's really good. But I'm just saying, I trust my partner that I can go to sleep or have a bad day or be sick or have to travel for business and all my kids will be here and fed. They might be eating pizza every day, but they're getting, you know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> but, but they're eating, okay? The legal obligation has been met. Yeah. Yeah, you can, you can, you can relax in your relationship to a certain extent mm-hmm. and know that he's got mm-hmm. your back, which is important. I think that goes back in, like, into the sex conversation. A lot of people yep. have partners that they can't relax with. Correct. You don't feel safe. Mm -hmm. You feel like their parent almost. And it's just like, I don't want to have to parent you. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like we, and we get into that role because 
we, you know, we parents raise their daughters and love their sons. And this is a part of, this is part of human sexuality. This is a part of being sex positive, right? Mm -hmm. Parents raise their daughters to not depend on the body to be self-sufficient. Especially black women. And then we raise, especially black women. And then we, we raise sons to, that be men that aren't dependable, that they, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? We we create the monsters that we prepare our daughters for. We raise our daughters and we love our sons. In my house, everybody cooks. Everybody cleans. Everybody knows how to use tools and and things like that. Like this is not a game up in here. Right. I was not the the boys and the girls do everything because when my son leaves, he still gonna need how to clean his house and feed himself. I want him to get a partner because he likes that person, not because he's hungry and his clothes are dirty. Right. And what kind of partner am I creating? As parents, we're raising other people's partners, and the way you show up in your romantic relationships is a direct reflection of the way you were raised. And a lot of people forget your child is not going to be your cute little buddy in the house forever. At a certain point, they have Mm -mm. to be useful to the rest of us in some way, shape, or form. I think they remember when it's daughters, but when it's sons, they forget. Like, yep, yep. They think that he's automatically going to be a man or automatically going to be a. a, When I think, when you think of a good man or a good woman, which I hate those memes when I see them, but when you think of a good man or a good woman, you think of a responsible adult, Mm -hmm. which means you have an obligation to raise a responsible adult when you raise an entitled asshole that person grows up to be an entitled asshole they can't cook for themselves they can't clean for themselves they don't know how to pay their own bills they don't know how to make their own doctor's appointments they just expect you to do everything Mm -hmm. there's one thing if i'm doing it for you as acts of service because that's my love language but you know how to do the shit yourself right most of them don't know how to do it themselves Mm. And that goes back into the sex. If this person is not ever having to be If I feel like I got to take care of you, I don't want to fuck you. Well, it's very unsexy. I got to take care of you and my kids. I'm not fucking one of my kids. Like, no. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's really hard. And you, or, or, and, or, you so tired from being a slave all day. Mm. And now I got to fuck too. Right. And now, and I resent you for it. And so that goes into relationship dynamics and sex and how pleasurable it is and how often you want to have it and all these other things, you know, and what men I think typically don't realize is that, especially if you're married, you're probably not using condoms. So if you're not using condoms, then if you come in her, she's leaking for a day or two, the way she, the way she smells changes for that day or two, her pH has been compromised. We go through all of that shit after we have the sex too. So yeah. we really love y'all to letting y'all shoot the club up and now we incapacitated for a day or two fooling with you. We really love y'all. We do. <laughs> it's love. It's love. And you're going to accept it. And you're going to act like you appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? And I think that we, there are so many things that we don't discuss and we don't talk about when it comes to sexuality, when it comes to balance, healthy relationships and what those look like. Exactly. That we're doing a disservice to ourselves because we're not wading through our own shit, but we're definitely doing a disservice to the next generation as parents or as, as uncles, as aunties and all of that, because we are going to be ancestors. We are the next ancestors. Mm. And what are we leaving for them? What are we teaching them? How are we growing them? How are we growing them? Mm. That's good. And leaving them healthier than maybe we were. And, and, and Correct. You want to leave the world better off than when you got here. And we do that through our children. We do that through the t- things that we teach and leave on the internet and the books we write and the videos we make and all of these different things. And we are doing a disservice if we are not pouring into the generations behind us. That may, that don't make you an ancestor. That just makes you a dead person. Well, there you go. Be an ancestor, not a daddy. There you go. Mm. 
There you go. I do want to talk about libido. Um, okay. Because another question I got from men and women was that like once they hit those 30s, which they felt like was younger than they anticipated, there was a loss <laughs> in some sex drive. Um, and they just want to know what can they do to fix that? What can they do to improve it? Why is this happening in their 30s and not the 40s and 50s? Like the, uh, you know, Selectra commercials used to say it was supposed to be when they were elderly. What's happening now? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I think a lot of it has to do with several different factors. I think it's diet. I think it's exercise. I think it's lifestyle. We're very sedentary in our lifestyles. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think it has to do with pollution and the type of foods that we eat, Um, our diets and all of that. But, I mean, people don't even drink water no more. Like, sex and arousal is blood flow. If arousal is blood flow, then you need to be hydrated. If you're not properly hydrated, then the blood can't move to the parts of the body that it needs to move to in the time it needs to move there. So drinking more water can change that. Getting up and walking around. A lot of us work from home now because of the pandemic specifically. We sit on our butts on the front of the computer all day. Men sitting on top of your nuts all day can impact your virility, which means your sperm quality, mm. but it can also impact your your um, your erection quality. Gotcha. So stand up when you walk in working at the desk sometimes. Go for a walk around the block. Get your blood pumping. Very, very simple things that we can do to at least improve. Not necessarily air quotes, fix but improve our sex and the way we enjoy it. Um, so hydration and exercise are a big one. Diet, what are you eating? If you eat a lot of fried stuff, a lot of meat, a lot of alcohol, um, alcohol dries your body out, which is the opposite of blood flow and hydration. So I tell people, you know, when I go to do parties and things like that, they want to offer me drinks. I was like, no, I don't drink. And they went, why? Because like, alcohol makes your pussy dry. Oh, you I know? love to drink. It, it, listen, you don't have to give it up, but you need to be drinking twice as much water. Okay. If you drink an eight-ounce shot, you need a 16-ounce glass of water Jeez. to offset that. Caffeine dries out the body. Sugar dries out the body, right? And so if sugar, caffeine, and alcohol dry out the body, which are the best things that we put in our bodies to begin with, like it tastes the best, right? Yeah, it's a that shit is thing. is at, is actively working against your sexual function. Oh, okay. Look, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, science. You know, I'm you know, I'm, a, I'm all about science and whole like, shit. Oh, this is oh, okay. This is science for real. You know what I'm saying? It's, this is science and whole shit. It's actively sugar, caffeine, and 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 alcohol are drying your body out. And when it's time to get your when your clit, it's time for your clit to get hard and your pussy to get wet. It can't. Or it can't get and it, it compromises the quality of that. So if you're having sex that you enjoy now, imagine if you were properly hydrated. All the wine moms listening are gonna be so sad about this. If you listen, you can be a wine mom, just be a water mom too. Like just get you some water too. Because the thing is, and even with fellas, like your erection quality changes when you're not properly hydrated. Your orgasms can be stronger when you're hydrated, right? Because orgasms are muscle contractions. And when your muscles are hydrated properly, they contract stronger. Okay. So when you have those orgasms where your whole vulva is thumping and you have a heartbeat in your pussy, that is what can happen all the time if you're properly hydrated. If you're not a squirter, you it'd be easier to become a squirter if you're properly hydrated. And if you are a squirter, you'll squirt more if you're properly hydrated. So we all just need to drink more water. Absolutely. But get water and getting your blood pumping, even if it's just going for a walk around your neighborhood, because we're so sedentary with watching TV or being on the computer or being on our phones and driving from place to place. The exercise we get is walking from the car to the building. Yeah. 
know what I'm saying? Park further away, get your steps in. And it's not about weight loss. It's just about general health. Because I'm 5'5", 265, child. And I exercise like a crazy person because I like to. I don't exercise for weight loss. I exercise because it makes me feel powerful and flexible and beautiful. And that's why I do it. People that work out for weight loss hate working out. <laughs> and don't do it. And don't do it often, right? I mean, even with my, like, my rideology class, my dick riding class is an erotic fitness class. Like, you will break a sweat taking that class. So, I, we, the, the libido changes and all of that can be biological. They can be because of your health. But also, if you're not masturbating or you're not having enough sex for your liking, that can impact your libido as well. Because if you start to not get the sex you want, then your body going to quit even wanting it because you're not getting it. Gotcha. Or if you're not masturbating, masturbation kind of awakens those parts of your body that you use during sex. And so it creates those, um, the pleasure hormone receptors and stuff. And so it kind of trains you to want more, like practice how you play. Practice how you play. All right. That's good. That, you know, you, so, you got to have rehearsal before you get yeah. on the stage. Basically. And I mean, and I think that, you know, some people do like if they have chronic conditions like diabetes or hypertension or mm -hmm. something like that, that's going to impact sexual function. That's something different. And typically it's the medicines that impact the sexual function, not necessarily the, the condition, condition itself. itself. Okay. But again, drinking more water, getting up, walking around could also help manage and control diabetes and hypertension too. Okay. So it's all a part of good health is what you're saying it is just 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 good general health i mean you ain't got to be a gym rat you ain't got to be vegan you ain't got to do yoga every day like you know it's not that extreme but the way that we live our lives now is much more sedentary than it used to be and that's why things are happening in the 30s instead of in the 40s and 50s gotcha yikes okay uh <laughs> i mean i'm 41 and my husband will be 50 this year so you know you got to take care of yourself. That's it. We're getting older, guys. That's what she just told us. We got to act like it. <laughs> tighten up. You got to tighten up. Don't wait till you're 60 to want to start walking around the block. Right. No, it's time for my little stroll. I <laughs> mean, you know, I mean, and my, all my grandparents are alive and in their 90s. Oh, that's a And thing. you know what I'm saying? Like longevity is in my bloodline, but like they all walk around the block still. Yeah. Keep moving. You know, yeah. it's different now. We got to, we got to do better. Okay, my next question, anal. Uh, mm. Look, mm. some people are very well-versed and are comfortable. Other people are intrigued. Some folks are scared, and they just clinched up at the thought of me saying, they like, when they heard the yeah, word when you anal, said it, they was like, nope. They were like, everything, <laughs> everything just tightened up. Why <laughs> do you think there's a stigma for some people around anal? Uh, and what advice do you have for people who are thinking of trying it or who have done it and maybe just want to do something, just be better at it or more comfortable with it? Um, well, I think the stigma exists because people, you know, again, colonialism, colonization, um, and colonization is a big part of Christianity as well because the Crusades was, you know, going across yeah. the world and dominating non-Christian cultures into Christianity. But... Um, that P and V, right? Penis and vagina sex mm -hmm. is what is classically what is held as what constitutes sexuality, sex. And so the anus being included is suddenly some like, oh my God. But oral sex used to be like, oh my God, too. But now it's yes. like everywhere. Yeah. So I that. it's just a matter of, right, right, right. It's just a matter of the culture shifting toward new things um, or oh, publicly shifting toward two things because we know people have been doing it in the butt for a very long time. 
um, since we've had butts, probably. And so I think that if it's something that you want to try, make sure that your partner's into it as well, because that can be a disconnect for a lot of couples. Okay. Um, make sure your partner is open and into it as well. Lots and lots of lubricant, lots of lubricant. And I would say either a silicone, a silicone lubricant would probably be your best bet because it has fewer ingredients and it's, it has the, it keeps up the slip the longest. Okay. Um, and then, then there are condoms that are, that are silicone compatible, et cetera. Don't put anything in your butt that is not flared at the base because unlike the vagina has a cervix at the end, so we won't go past the cervix without excruciating pain. Uh, anus does not have a cervix. Your asshole is a direct route to your lower intestine. Ooh. So. It's up and, and it's stuck. If it's up and yeah, stuck it's stuck and it's up and it's, it's stuck. Correct. Okay. Correct. <laughs> correct. Flared base, right? Um, lots of lube. Keep if you're the receiving partner, keep your back straight. You want to turn you, you in theory you're gonna want to toot it up, but don't do that. Keep your back straight. Okay. And then when you feel the head of the penis right on the anus, you're gonna push out a little bit and then let go. And it's gonna suck the penis into or the peg or dildo or whatever you're putting in your butt butt plug, whatever. We'll suck it. We'll slowly suck it into the anus, right? But keep your back straight. Tell you make sure the inserting partner is going slow, and checking in on a regular basis. Okay. You use, like I said, lots of lubricant. You don't want to eat for at least four hours before you're having anal sex. Don't eat. Okay. Because okay, so I think di- digestion. <laughs> as you a, know, as a sh- uh, I think most, particularly most women. But I mm-hmm. will say anyone who's not used to doing, to like bottoming, I don't have any other word for mm-hmm. it. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. think we're used to the preparation involved. Like Correct. <laughs> so... Correct. So you want to make sure that you, within four to six hours before you plan on having anal sex, don't eat nothing because it's going to come out. Um, also, you want to do like an anal douche, which you could use a regular vaginal douche in your anus or you can anything like that. They have fleet, which is specifically anal douche. But you want an anal douche to make sure that there's no feces in your anal tract unless that is your kink because some people are into that that's called painting painting. yeah yeah you know if you're into scat play that's what that's something different and we're not here to yuck your yum if you're not into scat play you want to not eat but four to six hours before you want an anal douche you want to make sure um i would say even go as far as getting your ass bleached if you're into like analingus which is eating the booty and stuff like that get your asshole bleached um and all of that because you have to be mindful um, but yeah, just slow, slow goes the race. You can, if you're new, super new to anal sex and you've never had it and you have a larger partner, they have a larger penis. Um, you might want to get like an anal training kit, which I do sell on my website, but it's like, there's three sizes and they're like dilators and they help you kind of graduate up to penis size. Um, but just be, make sure that your partner is patient with you. Also, you don't just have to have anal sex like from the back you can be laying on your back and your partner just enter through the anus you just lift your legs up a little higher or you can ride dick with your ass now that's pro level right there don't just hop on trying to (laughs) yeah yeah no that's pro level to say this Um, sounds like the olympics and and i'm i'm yeah you know this is this is high school track this is not flojo (laughs) 
but I'm saying, but like if you're laying flat on your back, though, it may be easier and it may be a more comfortable position if you have a vagina because gotcha. you're used to being on your back receiving, etc. anyway, and you just have to lift your legs up a little further. Also, it reminds you to physically keep your back straight, which will make the gonna, anal sex more comfortable. I was just going to ask about that part because I was like, that's probably easier because there's a, you know, there's a tendency to put a hump in your back and toot it and boot it mm-hmm. anytime you're in a particular, you know, especially yeah. Florida twerkers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Twerk is high praise. Yes. But yeah, so it's a thing. <laughs> and so when you want to keep your back, if you want to curve, you instinctively you do want to curve your back. But what's going to happen is it's also curving your tract. And so it's harder to get a straight penis into a curved Ooh. track. If you want to get a straight penis in a straight track, so you want to keep your back straight. Gotcha. Okay. And my gay my gay homeboys taught me that, so I was like, I believe you because you this is what you do for me. Right. They're very wonderful. <laughs> They're wonderful. You, you defer to the experts is what you do. <laughs> right. Go to the go to the one who knows. Okay. Right. Right. Um, right. But lube, 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 lube is your friend. Spit is not lube. Water is not lube. Lubricant lube is, lube. is what you need. Lube is lube. lube is lube. Got it. For people that are in relationships, how do you address different sex drives? Like- okay, so again, the answer is going to be masturbation. But also, I think it's important <laughs> to understand that if you're in a relationship and you have a different sex drive than your partner, um, that doesn't mean that they have to think that something's wrong with them and they need to give you more sex. Mm. But a lot of times they say, well, my sex drive's a 10 and, and he's a, a 5. How do I get him to get? No, you, then he's a 5 and you're a 10. That's what, where you at. They don't have to fix themselves and come to a 10. There's nothing wrong with them. Some All sex drives are different. Just like all dick sizes are different and all vaginas. Just like dicks come in different sizes, so do vaginas. Like everything is different on each person. And so just because they're a five and you're a 10 doesn't mean that they have to come up to your level. What I typically tell couples that are not matched in that way is that if the 10 masturbates, it'll compensate for the sex that they're wanting that they're not getting. It'll bring them to about a seven. And if the five masturbates, it'll increase their libido and bring them up to about a seven. Gotcha. So the but goal you is don't, to meet just because middle. you want more doesn't mean that you're going to get more. Mm. And there you go. And I think even in relationships, sometimes you have to ask, like, is the sex drive different because that's just the way they're made? Or are they super stressed? Is this a temporary thing? Right. Are they Correct. feeling ill? Like, you know... Don't just be exactly. Are they stressed out? Are they working inside and at the home, outside the home by themselves? How are you contributing to the household workload? You know, are you helping or are you hurting? Are you also another dependent? Like, what's happening? Mm. What's the communication like? Typically, um, for for women um, or for receiving partners, the the libido is directly connected to relationship satisfaction. So if I'm if there's something else in the relationship that I'm not satisfied with and I know that my power is in the bedroom, that's where I'm gonna manifest that power. So if we having problems with upright with clothes on, it's gonna show up when we naked. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> and it may so it may not be it may not be that oh my libido, that's just how I am. Because if that was the case, you would have known it way before you got married. Right. If it's a if it's a sudden libido change and it's not directly related to relationship satisfaction, it may be a medical condition. Okay. But start with relationship satisfaction first, because that's probably what the fuck it is. That's fair. Um, what advice do you have for people who want to orgasm through penetration, but it's not really happening for them? 
Um, I'm guessing this is the person with the vulva that's asking this. So, because <laughs> again, the pleasure gap, right? Right. <laughs> so, a vaginal orgasm is a myth, first and foremost. Media tells us that you're supposed to come when he puts his dick in you. That's not how it works. No one's coming from that, just in and out poking. No, that's not it. A vaginal orgasm is the perfect storm of rhythm and stroke and angle and wetness and pressure and firmness all coming together to create the perfect storm that is a vaginal orgasm. So if you want to come from vaginal penetration, you need to stimulate your clit. Get on top, get a wand, get a bullet, give him a bullet. There's a finger vibe that I sell all the time and I give it, I sell it to dudes. I say, put it on your thumb. And if she's laying on her back with her legs open and you're hidden and you're in the vagina, you put your thumb that with that with that finger bullet on the clit while you're stroking. So now they're getting internal and external stimulation. Most orgasms are centered around the clit. Most most genital orgasms are centered around the clit. So you want to stimulate the clit. When you get on top, you're stimulating the clit if you get all the way down to the base of the dick because you're starting to rub those pelvises together. Um, if they're getting it from the back, you'll get clitoral stimulation from the balls slapping against the clit when they're stroking. It just depends on what's happening. But get something like a little bullet or a wand or something and stimulate your clit while you're being penetrated so that you can reach orgasm with a penis inside you. Because a vaginal orgasm, like I said, is a perfect storm. And you also have to be relaxed with that partner and feel safe. And a lot of times we don't have those luxuries. Mm. So you want to stimulate all the parts of your genitals during sex so that you can reach orgasm. I, um, I had a question that came up in my mind and that is that like, you know, a lot of us, uh, ladies in particular are having like surgeries. Like I, I recently had a myomectomy. I've had two. Um, I know people who have had hysterectomies and things like that where you are, you know, you have to maintain some feminine health. How does that affect, um, sex? Like, and how you feel after, like, is it, you know, does that change the way you have orgasms? It definitely does because when, especially with, um, a, a hysterectomy, um, it removes the hormone producing parts of the body. Mm-hmm. And so unless you're going on to hormone replacement therapy of some kind, um, it's going to impact your sexual function. Also like menopause and things like that, which basically a hysterectomy throws you into menopause early. Um, when that the hormone productions change, that skin texture of the vulva also changes. So now the skin texture is more firm, it's less supple, and so it needs it requires more stimulation to reach arousal and to reach orgasm. Oh, okay. So you it needs to be stimulated differently or more consistently to reach certain points in the sexual function, uh, sexual arousal space. Also, lubricant is your friend. It's not just for something not just for people that are older, not just for postmenopausal people. It's for everyone. If you're 19, you need to be using lubricant. If you're 99, you need to be using lubricant because lubricant is not only a safer sex practice because it reduces friction, but it also helps you, it heightens the sensation of touch. Um, So if you touch something, like if you rub your fingertips together, you just feel fingertips. But if you put the lubricant on your finger and rub your fingertips together, you can feel like the ridges of your fingerprints. Mm Mm-hmm it heightens the level of sensation. And I'm always talking about sensuality in sexuality. So sensuality is experiencing non-sexual pleasure through all five of your senses. Mm -hmm. And when you live sensually, 
and become sexual, then you're experiencing sex through all five of your senses. And so that really is a helpful thing, a helpful mindset to have when you've had certain procedures or hormonal challenges or something like that, because you get to focus on experiencing pleasure through all the parts of your body. (coughs) And specifically, there are over 18 different kinds of orgasms. So when you when your when your skin and your vulva changes and your genital orgasms are now possibly not as accessible as they were, you can focus on other parts of the body in ways orgasms materialize that way. Like your nipples, the nipples are connected to the same part of the brain as the genitals. Hmm. Your mouth, you can reach orgasm for performing oral sex or kissing your partner. An oral orgasm is a thing. Okay, so you can explore the pleasure that your body provides and reach orgasm in different ways. There are like, there are four different kinds of orgasms for people with the penis that's focused on the genitals. You have a frenulum orgasm, which is the main orgasm that people with penises experience, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have a P-spot orgasm, which is the with the um, prostate right. orgasm. Oh, okay. You have a pelvic pelvic orgasm which originates from the hips as the root of the penis and then you have that taint that's it's like you could feel that prostate in there um from stimulating that and that's a different kind of orgasm so that's for orgasms just for a dick you know what i'm saying when you get to a vulva you got a clitoral orgasm you got a vaginal orgasm you got the a spot u spot g spot you got the you know cervical orgasm you have all these different things that happen in just that's like that's eight orgasms just in the vagina you said some letters that i'm sure none of us have heard <laughs> so the a spot is the interior fornix it's the it's the front part of the cervix um and when you like if you're having sex and you feel like you want to cry and tell him you love him that's the a spot <laughs> oh that's the one that gets men killed got it okay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the a spot is what have you slicing cars and tires and everything got it uh do you remember, I don't spot. know if you remember, like back in the, like way back in the 2000s, there was this lady named Alexis K. Tyler who had like the YouTube, and it was her and her mom who would talk about like random sex stuff all the time. Uh-uh. Um, uh-uh. Now I gotta go find her. Yes, and um, <laughs> she had a, a like a little YouTube public access show called Vagina Power, and she okay. would tell stories, but she always had this thing where she'd be like, "Well, dick will make you slap somebody." was like her thing because she would tell no because it will it will she would tell these crazy stories of women who were like in the middle of sex and like it was too good she hauled off and hit a man and it was just Mm, like mm, well mm, excuse mm. me so now i get it It that was was a spot spot. Mm -hmm. got it okay that was the a spot orgasm and then the u spot orgasm it's a it's the nerves it's a ring of nerves around the urethra okay and so like when you we know like when you really really gotta pee and you go pee and it's like huh yeah like, whew, it just feels so amazing. It's similar to that, but in a sexual way. Okay. Um, and it often happens when you're squirting. Um, and then, like, a cervical orgasm. People actually reach orgasm from their cervix being stimulated. It's happened. It's a thing. Uh, I don't know if it's a thing for me, but it's a thing for other people. Gotcha. <laughs> and then you have... You have you have birthgasms, which people have... There, There's record, you know, of people reaching orgasm when giving birth. Um, and it's amazing to me because the Kamba Sutra is founded on the thought process that the orgasm is as close as you can get to God without dying. Right. And so if you, if, if you have an orgasm while you're giving birth, that means that you are as close as God as you can ever be without dying and you're giving life simultaneously. Like that's gotta be some amazing ass shit. Wow. 
You've given us like I would just like my brain is amazing. exploding. <laughs> but again, that's just with the genital orgasms. I haven't talked about the oral ones, or the mental and the blended and the, you know, the anal and all of these other places that your body receives and translates pleasure because we're so, you know, we're so focused on genital orgasm. But if you've had a, uh, any type of surgery um, or any horm- hormonal challenges, typically that's going to be it. It's, you need to use lubricant and you need to focus on what feels good and stimulate the vulva in different ways because it's going to require a different type of stimulation at that point. Gotcha. Goody, thank you so much for this. You, <laughs> you have rocked my brain. I think, Yay. I think that my listeners are probably gonna be like, what? And then, you know, one person asked, what do we do about our creaky knees and achy hips when we, are trying to get it in stretch <laughs> stretch listen. like i think people you should stretch every day my grandmother stretches every day she's i don't even know how she is because she'll be alive by her age for a long time good for her like, that's we my threw strategy her, we threw her a 75th birthday party but she really wasn't 75 we didn't know she wasn't 75 i love her. she had been lying about her age since like she was 30 something because this is the era that we come from my grandmother baby she have a wig you know the little closet that be by your front door yeah she got a wig in there and if you come unannounced or you pop up or something, honey, you're going to wait till she puts this door wig on before I she opens this door. I love her. Because my I, strategy yes. was to lie in my 20s about my age. I give different ages all the time <laughs> so that when I'm older, you'll be confused. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, that, and that's the era she's in, right? That's the, the you know, you're going you gonna to wait outside when she puts this wig on because yes. you're not going to see her with her do-rag or her satin bonnet or what have you. I love her. And so... Um, but she stretches every day. And I think the reason that our shit is popping and locking and dropping is because we're not stretching. Yeah. And if you op- if you do like hip opening exercises and back, you know, like the planking is great for the muscles that support your spine. Then you won't hunch over when you get older. Like there's so many things that we should be doing now to prepare to live into, to have the luxury to live into our 80s and 90s. And if your shit is popping now, you need to be stretching. You need to be getting active. Yeah. And, That's you know, your body telling you, cut it out, quit playing. And we got Florida knees <laughs> down here. We have years of pop, lock, and drop, and scrub the ground. You know, yes. all, we've been, we've been literally, there. we used to have this one dance drop, drop, spin, and you literally just drop in the squats and spin around on your knees. We, oh. We've done, yes, we did a lot. We we used and abused. So we got to really <laughs> get You got to take care of that now. You got to put some, get you some collagen supplements. And we, are, we are banged up for stretching. a reason. We used to dance like we had, like we were all, you know, this is the home of Luke. We, yes, I was gonna say Luke is from Florida. Yes, yes. so we we used to all dance. City, like, and now y'all got the city girls. Yeah, so. we still did. Look on the right day, I would still dance like <laughs> that, and then be hobbling the next day, like oh lord, what? Girl, that Hennessy told me I still so. had it. So yes, yeah, so we need to keep our stretch. Like that's the summary. Like just oh, stretching, stretching water. Yeah, take care of your body. If you don't take care of your body, your body's not gonna take care of you. You can't be doing whatever the fuck you want and not walking and stretching and getting active and then suddenly you want to hang from a chandelier one day. Yeah. Or you want to try to bust a split on the dick. You ain't bust a split since eighth grade. No. You know what I'm saying? Since you your head hurt, your balls are tight. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not. Your body is mad at you and it'll do it, but you're going to pay for that shit later. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or it's not going to do it and you're going to be at the ER embarrassed. Ooh, not so se- it's and, up to you. And Beyonce sex sent me to the ER. Correct. Correct. So you have to stretch. Open up your hips. Especially if you're out here riding dick, you need to be stretching. You need to be opening up those hips, getting that blood pumping. 
because a, a body that a body in motion stays in motion. A body at rest stays, stays at, rest. at rest. And that's the lesson. Do you have anything you want my listeners to know? Um, I want them to know that lubricant is their friend. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody. Everybody. Lubricant is your friend. Um, and I want them to know that it's okay for you to like whatever it is you like and not like whatever it is you don't like. Just make space for the people around you to like they shit too. Don't yuck someone else's yum. That's good. And that's in life, in love, and in business. I don't, that, and I, when I post in my stories, sometimes I post something, it looks like a relationship meme, and I'd be like, but in life, in love, and in business, this applies, right? Right. Don't yuck someone else's yum applies in life, in love, and in business. Just make space for people to be different than you. Yeah. One of the best phrases I've ever You have a much happier life. Is, well, that's just not for me, but okay. And that's right. the easiest way to get through things. It is. And you will, because why are you stressed out about what other people are doing? You know, you have a much happier life if you live your own life and other people live their own life. I love it. I love it. Goody, tell the people where they can find you and your services. Well, uh, <laughs> my name is Goody, G O O D Y. And everyone asks Goody everything. So I'm Ask Goody on everything. On Insta- all social media platforms, I'm at Ask Goody. A S K G O O D Y. My website is askgoody.com. I mean, I really try to be easy to find. I love it. That's what I tell the Saints they need to do be easy to find. <laughs> Look, that's, a, that's my whole rant when, 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 my, when, when my single church girls, in particular, I want a husband. You ain't okay, but what are you doing? You're at home. <laughs> You're at home looking at Instagram stories. You're not easy to find. Right. Listen, so that's so funny because that's my major complaint. It's like, no, darling, let let a husband find you without struggle. So Right, right. (laughs) Go do the stuff you like to do. If you love art, go to the art shows. The guy that likes art is going to be there. And he goes, you know what I'm saying? Like, if if you don't go out and enjoy your life as a single person, Mm -hmm. you're not going to enjoy being partnered. If you can't find joy by yourself Mm. you are not going to be able to find joy with a partner and that's a lot of responsibility to put on somebody else come on you better leave us with a word (laughs) i said my my grandmother think it's so funny because she's like you need to be in ministry why are you not ministering like i said my ministry just don't look like yours that's all you're in sex ministry. You're in freedom ministry. That's it. It's, it's life ministry. ministry. It's yes. It's liberation work. And if that if that leads you to a higher power, then great. But if it leads you to a better you, even better. I love that. That's a good. That's a good way to end it. Goody, thank you. This was wonderful. <laughs> this was well, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for having me. I love Even it. with our little technical difficulties, I appreciate it. We worked through it, and I'll have a link to all of that in the description box. You can see her website, find her Instagram, buy some stuff. I need to go nose around. Yes, buy some, buy some too. stuff, buy some stuff. And then, so um, if they use code COCKTAIL, yeah, get 10% off. <gasps> I'm so excited. This is the first time we've had a real code. Use code COCKTAIL. Yes, a whole code, COCKTAIL. Oh! Ten percent off. I love it. I love it. Yes. So we're gonna have all of that, including the use code cocktail in the description box, so that you can get you some goodies on goodies. So 